0: You are listening to As a Woman, episode 114. A fertility doctor talks about the COVID vaccine. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hey friends, welcome back to the As A Woman podcast. I took a little podcast break, which I've never really done, and I'm very excited to be back. I didn't ignore the podcast. I recorded so many great guest episodes, which will be coming up soon, but I just haven't had it in me to sit down and edit them or put them out. And the real reason is because I've been so preoccupied talking about COVID and pregnancy and the COVID vaccine. And to be honest, it has gotten me down. Seeing Delta and this increased wave, worrying about my kids in school, and talking about it with every patient, and getting so much hate online, it really just made me need to step away. And so I did. Because that's one thing I've learned is that setting boundaries is really important and essential, and I love the work I do every day. And I love the platform I have and the ability to connect with you guys in this space. So I've done a few episodes on the COVID vaccine. I have many YouTube videos about the COVID vaccine. And if you haven't checked out the YouTube, it's fertility related completely. You should go over there. It's Natalie Crawford, MD. And I've talked on Instagram over and over again. And I've gone on CNN, which has been really amazing. And I've talked about the COVID vaccine. And yet, I am still shocked at the people in my own life who are not vaccinated. I have friends and family members who have not received the COVID vaccine. I have patients who have not received the COVID vaccine. And I know that this topic has really divided us and separated us as a country. So today, I just want to talk from the heart as a doctor, as a fertility doctor, to all of you who perhaps have somebody in your life who's not vaccinated and you want them to have some good facts and good information. And I'm hopeful that people in my own life will listen to this. And I hope that if you're vaccinated, you can share this with somebody in your life and maybe we can help break down some of the barriers that are existing and just talk about facts and science. The first thing I wanna say is that as a fertility doctor, I never expected my field to be the central discussion of should someone get vaccinated or not. It's really unprecedented to say that a vaccine could cause harm to your fertility. And I think that there have been so many rumors, and this is where social media has done us wrong. It's the great equalizer of information sharing. The more controversial something is, the more it gets shared. And then it gets a life of its own, even if it's not backed in fact. When I first heard the rumor about the COVID vaccine causing sterilization, back in December, I was floored. I laughed. Like, this is ridiculous. There's no way on earth that this is even theoretically possible. But here's the real deal. Fertility and reproductive health are hard to understand. And people do not understand things they can't understand when somebody's giving them false information. And so I think that that is really hard to interpret false stuff if you don't understand the basics. And I'm not blaming any one person. This is society at its finest. I talk about the menstrual cycle all the time and people still get squeamish talking about their period or their ovaries or their vagina. This is just the culture is that we don't talk about women's parts or reproductive health, and that really needs to change. The other thing to understand is that since this rumor came out, there has been research and studies, and people have looked at some of these claims and disproven every single one. And the more concerning thing is that without proper vaccination, we're not going to get back to life as normal. And we're going to have more of these variants, like the Delta variant that we have right now, killing. Previously healthy people. There is a huge uptick in death of pregnant women who currently get infected with COVID. This is not a lie, this is true. There are news reports almost every day of somebody who is pregnant, getting sick, dying, leaving their children behind. I hear from anesthesiologists here in Austin pregnant patients are being put on ECMO. Pregnant patients are being intubated and not extubated. They're dying. And let's just think through why this matters and why you are seeing a huge push to vaccinate everybody, but especially pregnant people. So I just wanna talk through a few of the things that I am hearing about reasons not to get vaccinated and back it up with a little bit of science. The number one reason I hear is that the COVID vaccine is too new. The mRNA vaccine does not have enough research behind it and therefore we can't trust it or it's not safe. The reality is mRNA vaccines have been in process of development for a long time. Over 15 years, they've been looking at this vaccine technology to try to help with other viral infections such as HIV, CMV. Now, typically research for vaccines, funding is not very high. There's not a huge priority to push it through. There are not a lot of people working on it at one time. What happened with COVID and a global pandemic is that we were able to identify the virus and the structure of it really quickly back in January of 2020. So that's huge. Scientists are amazing. From there, they were able to start working immediately on a vaccine because our scientists, our epidemiologists, the people who do this for a living, knew that the only way to eradicate a pandemic level viral illness was mass vaccination. And so they started working on a vaccine immediately. A lot of funding went towards it. A lot of our drug companies started working on this as priority number one. And I think that's important to realize when you put tons of money and tons of people behind something, it can be accomplished faster. So the mRNA technology has been around a long time. The virus was able to be identified quickly and there was funding and support to get the vaccine developed. The next thing I hear really often is that they don't want their DNA changed. Somebody will say, I don't want my DNA changed. I don't like giving myself DNA. I don't want this to integrate into my cells or have changes down the road. And I think that that's a fair statement. I don't want that either. However, let's understand how mRNA works. And believe it or not, we all learned this back in biology class. And we learned it again, those of us who are in medicine and medical school, and it can be confusing, so I get it mRNA is messenger RNA. You have it all over your body. It is an essential part of taking your DNA sequence and making it into proteins. So you have your DNA in your body. The messenger RNA comes and reads the DNA. Think of the DNA like a code. The mRNA comes and reads the code, and then it makes a sequence that in the ribosomes is able to take the code and make it into proteins. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential, and ritual knows this. I choose ritual multivitamin every day because it is easy to take, and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan, It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click Get Started. Then use the code A-A-W at signup, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. So a DNA code doesn't do anything unless your body's able to make proteins. This is how we make our whole body, you guys. What happens is that you have DNA, you have messenger RNA or mRNA that is able to interpret the DNA, can't change it, can't do anything to it, and then it takes that code to the ribosome where proteins are made mRNA then gets gobbled up and is destroyed. That's the process that happens every day in your body. This is what's going on. So when you're getting an mRNA-based COVID vaccine, what is happening is, yes, you're getting a little bit of mRNA injected into your arm. What then is happening is that that mRNA doesn't do anything to your DNA. Messenger RNA is the middleman. It then goes to the ribosome and tells your body's ribosomes, hey, let's start making some protein. And what protein does it make? It starts to make the spike protein, which is found on the COVID virus. Now, it's not making the whole virus. You're not getting injected with a live virus. This is not a live virus vaccine. Those exist. What happens is just the spike protein gets made. This is pretty incredible because COVID has a unique portion that other things don't, and that's the spike protein. So your body starts making little pieces of spike protein. Your immune system, which is what it's supposed to do, says, what on earth is this spike protein doing? I don't want that around here. And starts making antibodies to it. So essentially what happens is little tiny pieces of the spike protein are made. Your body says, no, no, I don't want this. And then it starts making antibodies against the spike protein. This activates your immune system, and when your immune system is activated, you often don't feel awesome because your body goes into fighting mode. Your lymph nodes may get swollen. You may feel muscle aches, chills, fever. You get some of those mild symptoms on your immune tissues. That's a normal response to your body starting to ramp up the immune system, putting all its energy towards making those antibodies. This is great because then if you come in contact with COVID, your body will recognize the spike protein that you breathe in your mouth and it will say, ha ha, I already know how to fight this. I have made these antibodies before and it will more quickly be able to mount a proper immune response because it has the code, it has the blueprint, it knows what it needs to do to fight off COVID. So can you still get infected with COVID after getting vaccinated? Yes. Is it going to be as severe? No, because your body has the blueprint and knows what to do. You can fight off that infection. And that is why right now we are seeing almost all of our hospitalized patients are not vaccinated. Almost all of our patients in the ICU and intubated are not vaccinated. Almost all of our patients dying from COVID having severe infections are not vaccinated. The vaccine is very effective at preventing a severe or a deadly infection with COVID. So I think the things we need to realize is that the Delta variant of COVID, we're not playing with Alpha variant anymore. This is not origin strain. The Delta variant is more contagious. The R not how many people you can infect having the Delta variant is five to nine. So if you get exposed to COVID, you could infect five to nine of the people that you come in close contact with, That's a huge number. Makes it one of the most contagious viruses that we have. We are also seeing really high viral loads. That's why we think it's so contagious. Viral load is the amount of virus replicating in your body. Your virus comes in your body and it wants to win. It wants to replicate, replicate, get in your cells and win. Your immune system has to eradicate the virus. If the viral load exceeds the ability of your immune system to make antibodies, Virus is going to win, you're going to get sicker, you're going to get in the ICU, and you're going to get intubated. So if you have to start from scratch, your body sees the spike protein for the first time ever when you encounter COVID because you're unvaccinated, your body doesn't know what to do. And it's going to take time to figure out how to make that antibody. And if it can't figure it out fast enough to make enough antibodies fast enough, before your viral load gets really high like we've seen it happen, you're going to get sick. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your pre-existing medical conditions. You can get sick. This is no longer a disease of old people or of people who have comorbidities, meaning overweight, obese, asthma, high blood pressure, diabetes, other problems. Yes, those people are still at more risk. But we are seeing mean ages, the average age of people in the ICU often is in your 30s, 30s and 40s. That's my age, you guys. That's not old. At least I don't think it's old. I certainly don't want myself or my best friend in the COVID ICU. And so the vaccine is very effective at preventing severe disease, especially in the setting of the Delta variant. And the more people we get vaccinated, the more we can prevent the transmission of COVID and newer, worse variants will not be able to grow in a population. And so from an epidemiologic standpoint, it's really important that we get vaccinated to try to stop this. I always say if we were living in a horror movie when COVID came, the end of the movie is when You get the vaccine and everybody lines up to get vaccinated and life goes back to normal. And that is not happening because misinformation is preventing people from getting vaccinated and the vaccine has been made political. From a political standpoint, I only want to say this. I don't know why we've allowed the vaccine to become political. I don't know why one party has less trust in the vaccine than the other. Donald Trump, who was the last Republican president, got vaccinated. All other living US presidents have been vaccinated. All 50 governors, regardless of if they're Republican or Democratic, have been vaccinated. Nearly 100% of Congress has been vaccinated. 96% of all your physicians, your doctors in America are vaccinated. About 80% of the military is vaccinated and that's soon to be 100% because they are mandating it. So some of your leaders, your political leaders, your governors, presidents, your physicians, your military are vaccinated, you guys. The people who are not vaccinated are the people ending up with severe illness and dying. 93% of people who are currently dying of COVID are unvaccinated. So if your leaders, regardless of your party, feel strongly enough to vaccinate themselves, you need to ask, why are you not as important as them? Why are you not as important as them? The vaccine is free. It is available everywhere. Why should you not be vaccinated if the leaders of your party, if your military, if your physicians feel so strongly that they are vaccinated? To me, those political leaders being vaccinated means there should not be a party issue. So if that's your reason why, I I just want you to think about it because does that make sense? I want to transition to pregnancy and fertility. Because I hear that fertility or future fertility is one of the top reasons why people aren't getting vaccinated or if they're pregnant and they're concerned about harm. So let's go over two of these top causes. First thing to know is that in pregnancy, your risks are much greater. Just physiologically, your body changes when you're pregnant. You have decreased lung capacity. Your lungs aren't able to accommodate as much air. We know that you're at risk for more infections because your body is shunting a lot of your blood to the baby, and your immune system is very different when you're pregnant. So, the ability to mount a proper immune response and get enough of those antibodies circulating is not the same as the you who is not pregnant. The most recent study in JAMA showed that pregnant women who get COVID 19 are 15 times more likely to die, and 22 times more likely to have preterm birth, which is a huge cause of death for children if they have COVID versus if they do not have COVID. So this should tell you that if you are pregnant, one of the top things you can do to protect your health and your baby's health is not get COVID. And what is the most effective way not to get a COVID infection? It's to get the vaccine. That is the most effective way we know to prevent you from getting a severe COVID infection. In fact, we feel so strongly about this, we being the professionals who take care of pregnant women, that all of the organizations that care for women when they're pregnant are trying to become pregnant. Over 22 of them are in agreement. The American College of OBGYN, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all say. Pregnant people should be vaccinated. Not that it's offered, not that it's just suggested or talked about, but that it is recommended and encouraged. That is huge. They came out with a joint statement. The CDC even says, Pregnant people should be vaccinated. The loss of life is preventable. Losing a young mom, never being able to meet your baby, leaving your children without a mother, These are huge things. This is going to impact families for years. This is life-changing, and this can be prevented by vaccination. Current estimates show only 25% of pregnant people in the United States are vaccinated against COVID. That's a shockingly low number that scares most of us in this field. And that means that there's a huge education gap to overcome let's just think of the reasons why pregnant people are resisting the vaccine. There is concern that getting the vaccine will harm your baby. It doesn't. We've been giving vaccines in pregnancy for a long time. We don't like to give live virus vaccines. This is not a live virus vaccine. This is a vaccine that in your arm tells your body to make antibodies. And an added benefit is that those antibodies can cross through the placenta. Antibodies Can cross through the placenta. We've known this for a long time. That's why we vaccinate moms in pregnancy for certain things that can cause death to babies. So the mRNA goes in your arm, it tells your body to make. Small amount of spike protein, mRNA is gone in a few days. Your immune system then understands, gets the code on how to fight that spike protein because it makes some antibodies. Now you have those antibodies circulating around your body, they can go through your placenta and your baby can have some antibodies too. Shown in many studies, babies get antibodies when moms are vaccinated when pregnant in all the trimesters. So no DNA is going to the baby, just antibodies. Antibodies are natural. That's the body's natural immune system. Nothing harmful going to baby if you get the vaccine while pregnant. In fact, good things are going to the baby. We have seen babies get COVID and die. I know we weren't seeing kids being impacted before, but kids, including babies, are becoming severely ill. So giving your baby antibodies is a good thing. Next is a fear of miscarriage or stillbirth. And I think this comes from that initial rumor about sterilization or that the antibodies are going to attack the placenta. Just not true. So this rumor came about saying that four amino acids were similar to syncytion, which is an important protein in implantation and placentation. Yes, syncytion is important in those things. But no, Four amino acid sequences being the same is no big deal. That's like half your body. And so in no way is your body making antibodies against your placenta. And in fact, we are seeing studies done on pregnant women, observational studies. You're never going to get a randomized controlled trial in pregnancy. It's very hard for something like this. But we have cohort-based observational data on hundreds of thousands of pregnant women. We do not see an increased rate of miscarriage or stillbirth at all. In fact, we are seeing lower rates of stillbirth and miscarriage than we see normally, meaning in the normal population, there is a risk of miscarriage and there's a risk of stillbirth. These things happen for unexplained reasons every day to somebody out there. And in the group that got vaccinated versus the group that didn't, there was not a higher incidence at all. There was no statistical significance between the groups. Not high, in fact, lower. So, But Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quinc slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. We even have fertility studies looking after IVF. So if this sensation antibody situation existed, we would see lower implantation rates or higher miscarriage rates after embryo transfers, which has not been shown and is not being seen. And so I think that that is really important. Studies have looked at side effects from pregnant women, and they're having the same side effects that everybody else does, meaning they're getting some lymph node swelling, maybe a mild fever. You can treat a mild fever with Tylenol in pregnancy, and it's going to be a shorter and less severe reaction from the vaccine than it would be if you got COVID. Yes, high prolonged fevers are not good in pregnancy, But a COVID infection is going to be so much worse than if you got a temporary fever from a vaccine that's easily treatable. We are not seeing bleeding, contractions, preterm birth, any complications from vaccination in pregnancy. Yes, and maybe the initial vaccine trials did not include pregnant women on purpose. Some people were pregnant and gave us preliminary data. Now the vaccines have been rolled out for many, many months, over 10 months, and we have data watching cohorts of women who got vaccinated at various times in their pregnancy. Those of us in the field wish pregnant women were included in the trials. That's a whole different argument that the companies doing the trials didn't want to get into that because it's hard to get approval to study pregnant people across the board. That's a different discussion. But if you say there's no data in pregnancy, lying. There is data, okay? I get it. When I was pregnant, there was so much that I didn't want to do or I was fearful of. Is it bad to eat this? Can I do this? What if I'm exposed to that? And I even had one influencer tell me, well, if I can't eat deli meat, I'm surely not going to get the vaccine, To which I said, that's ridiculous. Deli meat, we know, can have listeria in it, which is an infection that can cause severe outcomes for you and your baby. And there's no benefit to eating deli meat. It doesn't help you in any way. Therefore, it is a risk-only-with-no-benefit situation. The COVID vaccine doesn't have any risks in pregnancy that we have seen in hundreds of thousands of pregnant people. No higher risk of stillbirth or miscarriage. We know how the vaccine works, not impacting your baby, antibodies don't cause birth defects. None of that even makes sense. Yet there is a huge benefit. So risk, no. Benefit, amazing. You don't die. You don't get intubated. Your baby's not delivered at a severely pre-viable or early state to try to keep you alive. We are seeing babies and moms dying. So the deli meat to the vaccine comparison does not work. And let's talk about your fertility. I feel really strongly on this one because obviously this is what I do for a living. The reason why this is so important in my field is that we live on the fringe of evidence all the time. And I've told patients, you trust me to get you pregnant. We do IVF, which doesn't have long-term data. And we do things that we have experimental data on all the time because we're trying to make the best decision for you. Because the benefit, life, is very important. Now, you won't listen to my science when it comes to talking about the COVID vaccine. So why is my education good enough for one, but not the other? To become a fertility doctor, four years of medical school, four years of an OBGYN residency, three years of a reproductive endocrinology fellowship two board certifications, one in OBGYN, one in reproductive endocrinology and infertility, written tests, oral exams, all kinds of things. Half of our fellowship is research, 18 months of research only. I even got a master's of science in clinical research because I'm nerdy and I love data. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to be able to interpret studies for my patients. I tell my patients all the time, here's a list of things you can't do. We have pregnancy safe lists, we have don't do this in fertility treatment. We have lifestyle recommendations. Every day I am changing what my patients can do because I want them to have the best outcome. From a pure personal level, it would do me no good to recommend something to my patients that would hurt their fertility. That would be ridiculous. If the vaccine caused you to have a drop in your egg count or have an inability to implant a baby ever in your future. I would never recommend it. And the other thing I want you to know is that your REs are so intense. We are type A and we love data and we obsess about our pregnancy rates. We look at trends all the time. Are we having lower implantation rates or more miscarriages? Has something changed? Is the lab using new media? Is there a new catheter? What about this? What about that? We constantly analyze data daily. So number 1, people started getting vaccinated in December. It is now August. Actually, it's September. It's September 1st. So there would be data if getting the COVID vaccine caused you to have inability to get pregnant from IVF because we look at this all the time or from natural cycles. And we, your fertility doctors would be the first people saying no, 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 hold on. Not the case. Fertility doctors are recommending it, ASRM recommends it, and studies show no decrease in implantation, no increase in miscarriage. There's no reason why it would impact those things. There's no hypothesis that makes sense. And that's really important to understand. The other thing is, maybe it hurts your ovaries. There was some other bad study about lipid nanoparticles in a rat-based model where they got 140 times the amount and where was the lipids accumulated That's just a ridiculous comparison because, in general, you have to put the mRNA in something so that it survives. It is also rapidly broken down. And looking at a rat-based model at 140 times the dose concentration and then saying that this is going to cause ovarian damage doesn't make sense, nor is there any precedent for that, nor have we seen anything like that in the past. There was also a study that did case control. So a patient served as their own control, meaning they went through IVF they got the vaccine, they went through IVF again. And I love this study because what it showed us is that there was no change in what patients needed to get their ovaries to respond. No increased dose of medications, no different result in mature eggs, no different result in fertilization, growth of embryos, or quality of embryos. And so if there was ovarian function being impaired, We get to watch that really closely in IVF. It's so cool. We would see, hey, Anne got her vaccine and now it's taking me more medications or I'm getting worse results than when Ann went through and she didn't have her vaccine. And that's not the case. Exactly the same requirements. No difference in outcomes before or after vaccination. That's important. Ovarian reserve, meaning the number of eggs you have left, was not changed either before or after vaccination. And so, yes, this is not looking at 10 or 20 years down the road. I agree with that. Maybe that makes you nervous. I live in that world all the time. I do things all the time that don't have 10 or 20 years of experience because I'm thinking through, is there a mechanism by which this could cause harm? Is there a hypothesis? There is not. What is the benefit? What is the risk? I talk about this stuff with patients every day. And I think that's important. If your fertility doctors are saying you should get the vaccine, we're not worried about your future fertility. We're not worried about you not having enough eggs, not being able to implant a baby. We're not seeing any changes in outcomes and studies. That should be reassuring to you. Why would we recommend you get something that would hurt you? A couple last remarks. People have noted that there has been change in menstrual cycles after getting the vaccine. There are studies currently going on to look at this. It's not a crazy reason. There's a hypothesis for this one. The endometrium is immune responsive, meaning it has immune cells in it. That's part of implantation. Your body has to let this foreign thing, an embryo, in and allow a placenta to grow into your uterus. That's wild. The immune system is really, really important in that process. And so just like you might get a swollen lymph node or feel muscle aches after getting the vaccine, your endometrium is an immune tissue, and so it may have some bleeding. So we are seeing abnormal bleeding. It appears very short-lived. We're seeing it after COVID infection and the COVID vaccine, and so that goes back to normal. What we are seeing is that people are reporting one or two abnormal bleeding patterns, abnormal cycles. That then go back to normal. And if it persists, you should get an evaluation. But this makes sense. There's a hypothesis, happens from both a vaccine and a COVID infection. Other things can mess up ovulation, which we don't think is happening here. But stress can mess up ovulation, that's a big one. And so this is being investigated. The big thing to know is that the endometrium is immune responsive. So that process is not a surprise. The other thing, is that I don't love clinic-based observational data. But as I already said, we have it. And I and my partner, we are not seeing a decreased rate of success from fertility treatments in patients who are getting vaccinated. Nobody is seeing that when we talk to people all over the country. It's not a concern for us at all. We do recommend not getting the vaccine within a few days of a procedure because you can't come have an egg retrieval if you have a fever. That's just you won't be let in the door. So we always recommend you avoid that few-day pattern. And now most patients have easy access to the vaccine. It's not like it was at the beginning. You can easily get your vaccine series in a time that makes sense with your fertility cycles. And so we are not worried about vaccination. And in fact, we are happy when people are vaccinated because our job is to get you pregnant. But more than that, our job is for you to have a live-born baby. And if you don't have that baby because you die, or your baby dies, or you lose your baby prematurely as they're trying to save your life in the ICU, they deliver you at 21 weeks so that they can try to give you a better lung capacity and a better chance of surviving COVID. We've not accomplished anything, you guys. Our goal is to help you have the family of your dreams. You and your baby must survive in order to have that happen. And so across the board, there are so many reasons to get vaccinated because you care about yourself, because you care about your family and your friends, because you care about society. We really want you to live. It's as simple as that. We're not trying to do anything crazy. Getting internet hate does me no good. But I keep speaking about this because I hope that my message can reach one person who may make a different choice and they may survive and have a life to live. And that's really why your doctors across the country are pleading with you, please consider getting vaccinated. If you're not going to get vaccinated, that's your choice. We don't live in a mandatory country, but I want you to make that choice based on education and not because somebody has lied to you. Or giving you misinformation, or somebody is telling you a narrative that they themselves are not following, that they get themselves vaccinated. Why are you or your family's life disposable when the leaders of our society have deemed that the vaccine is safe and effective and they want to protect themselves and their family members? Please think about it. I'm pleading with you all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this reaches you. You can always follow me along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD or watch the YouTube Natalie Crawford MD. Thanks friends.